This is the final word cricket podcast coming to you live from the rooftops of Royal Pendy. You can see the sun setting, the ground behind us. It's filmed in front of a live studio audience today. Hey. Uh, yes, we have, we have a, a range of people on the roof watching us do this, which is mildly embarrassing, but I suppose no more embarrassing than it going out on the internet afterwards. Adam Collins is with me. Uh, a day that you could describe in about four seconds if you had to, but I'll give you up to 30 in which to do it. Okay, Australia started at seven for 449. They were all out in about quarter of an hour. They had a 17-run first innings deficit. Not that it mattered, though. They didn't take a wicket. Pakistan made their way to none for 252 by the time they shook hands deep into the final session. Abdullah Shafiq, 136 not out. His maiden test ton. Imam Al-Haq, 111 not out, completing twin tons. His first two centuries... the first two centuries of his career and thus a bit of history on the way through. But mm-hmm. yes, a stalemate at Rolpindi. Yes, um, they're, they're not the first person to make twin centuries as his first two because a couple of players have done it on debut. Uh, of course, Lawrence, Lawrence Rowe uh, was one. Oh, did he? And, I thought uh, it only happened once before with Philip Hughes. No, oh, no. Okay, well, that was okay. his second test, Philip Hughes. Um, no, but, I mean... But yeah, as, his, as, his, first as in the first second, two in his yeah. career. No, Lawrence Rowe too on debut and uh, and, and, and Yassir uh, Hamid who, who made two for, against Bangladesh for Pakistan. Okay. In 2003, I reckon it was. Uh, as far as stats go, it was 728 for four, Pakistan, across the Test match. Yeah, 239 oh. overs, Australia bowled to take four wickets. I mean, that is an absolute punish. <laughs> Probably the one bit of good news, and Pat Cummins spoke to this after play uh, at the presentation, is that mm-hmm. they don't have miles on the clock with the fast bowlers because all of their work was on day one and day two, and they bowled about a dozen overs between the three yep. of them today. Nathan Lyon, on the other hand, he had to put in another shift. I think he sent down 26 overs, mm-hmm. something like that, in addition to 50-odd in the first. So he A lot might of Manus, a, a lot of Travis Head. That's Austra- right, Australia yeah. were trying to alleviate that cost. Yeah, that's right. It even concluded with uh, Usman Khawaja bowling, I suspect, though, that will be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but yeah, it was one of those days when we were all kind of pondering when they can call it off, what's the mm-hmm. first available time to call it off. We don't like it to be that way. Uh, that's not how I'm hard wired but mm-hmm. um, such is cricket sometimes and you just have to accept that uh, as Rob Key said on our broadcast there's a degree of delayed gratification and hopefully uh, the, the the buzz of test cricket mm-hmm. will return for all of us at Karachi next week. I, I quite liked in a way the ruthlessness from Pakistan they were there, were, there was no hint of let's have a declaration, let's have a dart whatever, mm-hmm. they knew they wouldn't get anywhere they knew that making their bowlers warm up and prepare again wouldn't be good for no. them and they thought why not just wear out the Australians as much as possible, let's just run down the clock and the two openers I mean they were they were so disciplined they gave very little away they, they weren't completely dead batting they did attack a little bit but they were very judicious with their attacking shots even when they got to their hundreds they didn't sort of have a happy frolic which they could have done yep. at that point they were both determined to be there at the end it seemed and they did that sort of strike rates in the 40s or 50s um, sort of ground their way through the day and, and there was something kind of gratifying about how dull that was in a way yeah I agree and look Shafiq is aesthetically a most pleasing player um, before the test he's an easy one to look look at on paper and go, hang on, he's played five first-class games, you know, yeah, he made runs against Bangladesh, but 
will that count against Cummins and Hazelwood and Stark? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. He's one of those guys Pakistan have picked on spec and they have been spot on. You see that from time to time. It's an impossible story in an Australian context. It couldn't happen. You couldn't play one domestic game and be picked for Australia A and play for Australia uh, a couple of weeks later. Mm-hmm. Nathan Lyon's the closest you could get to it and that's a, a once-in-a-lifetime tale, really, in, in modern cricket terms. So the fact that Abdullah Shafiq looks so ridiculously good through mid-wicket and mid-on and he looks to hit the ball hard mm-hmm. and we we saw on day one that he's excellent behind point as well, either side of point. He looks a pretty good player. Uh, and now he's in the series, 44 in the first dig, an unbeaten ton in the second. Uh, he'll be a problem for Australia at Karachi and Lahore, I'm certain. A statistical point of great interest to me. Uh, I was looking at test matches where a, an opening pair made a century stand in both innings. Before today, that had only happened 11 times. This was the 12th right. such occurrence. Abdullah Shafiq has played in two of those 12 (laughs) test matches and he's playing his third match today. So in two of his three games, he's been involved in twin century opening stands. He was batting with Abid Ali against Bangladesh when he debuted and made two fifties. And then he did it again here today. Now, very placid deck and all the rest of it, but 145 years of test cricket, 11 occasions, and then this guy does it twice in three test matches. Wow, that's the stuff I love, as you know. Uh, And also the fact that it's only the second time in test history where there have been three 100 runs stands mm-hmm. in a test match which seemed, seemed odd to me that, that's for the first wicket I should say yeah. but Andrew Sampson dug out that gem so well, yeah well, even though there, it, there's it was a, a technicality on Sampson's one though which he found that's in. for now, the this third is, this that's is, for the third I think yeah, there's no. two that don't count with the technicality but run through it anyway yeah yeah so okay so so 300 run partnerships for the um, for the first wicket that's happened a couple of times before it's never happened three innings in a row like one two three but the one that he dug out was where there were three partnerships that were all for the first wicket because yeah, yeah. there was a hundred partnership then an injury then another hundred partnership then an injury <laughs> then a third hundred partnership but those are not opening partnerships that's a partnership for the first wicket but it's not an, you can't come in after an injury and say that you're part of the opening partnership. No, I you agree. I agree entirely. This is the second, not the third on, on that yeah. basis. And yeah. look, uh, that, that brings us to the, the, the elephant in the room, I suppose, and that's the surface. 14 wickets in 15 sessions is no good. The competitive balance between bat and ball that we touched on last night absolutely wasn't there today. The pitch actually got worse through the test match, mm-hmm. not better. And by better, I mean more in it for the bowlers. You can kind of accept a road on day one. That happens, but there's a tacit understanding that... Uh, there'll be something going the other Mm. way. We've had many pitch conversations on the final word uh, through the time we've made this podcast. Uh, They're the least interesting conversations as well. They're the ones we don't want to be having. Well, that's right. For test matches that have ended in two days and and now for one that could have gone for 22 Mm. days. And uh, as we discussed last year when going through the Chennai pitch, this is just as bad. Uh, So I hope the ICC, as much as it pains me to say, because Royal Pindy have been tremendous hosts and I love this ground and I can't wait to return, but um, that's no good. And hopefully uh, they'll, they'll get their act together here and please let it not be the same at Karachi next week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely because there's there's no there's no point doing that. There's nothing in that for Pakistan for their bowlers and I just I couldn't help like I said yesterday looking at that green wicket two strips over and thinking if you'd unleashed Shaheen and Nasim on that wicket they could have done something magical. We could have seen something special. I'd, I'd rather see a test over in two days than dead in five. I'd rather see a, a shootout than something like this. Yeah, it's a story of what could have been. And I don't think that pitch would have been over in two days, by the way. I mean, it's it not completely prepared, of course, but on the basis of what we've seen here before, it doesn't preclude a team from making big runs. It just provides a bit for the seamers. And mm. there was nothing there today. Even in Australia's second innings with the ball, Nathan Lyon was on after five overs. And that tells the full story, really. So over and to the ICC. Outside leg stump, you know, yeah, trying yeah. try 
trying to sort of copy the Norman Ali tactics because there was there was nothing else for nothing him to do, do really. Yeah, no choice for it. I felt sorry for Lyon just on Australia's bowlers. I, I did feel for him on yep. the basis that there were a couple of half opportunities that didn't quite um, mm-hmm. come to fruition for him. Uh, there was one that went through the slips cordon. You could mm-hmm. see the palpable frustration when he was arms were up in the air. Um, speaking of arms up in the air, I loved the, the, the century celebration from Imam the second time around. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why he was making a, a third umpire TV sign, but so he was <laughs> before, um, as we've seen from a few Pakistan players during the week, um, kneeling, kissing the turf, as he did after his 157 mm. in the first dig and looking up to pray. So you don't see that with other teams too often. So it's a, a nice thing to be part of here in Pakistan. Yeah, and particularly, you know, when the call to prayer echoes across the ground and yeah. all the rest of it. I read it more as a circular thing because Barbara Azam did it back to him from the stands and like maybe oh, right. it was an Elton John circle of life reference. <laughs> maybe it was the Lion King. I don't know. Everything the sunlight touches. One day all of this will be yours, you know, except for that area over there. Um, look, who, who knows? We, we can probably find out. Maybe he was doing his spectacles. But, you know, even, even, even for how dull it was at the end, I still enjoyed it. I still really like. I sat outside for that whole last session and just just sort of soaked up the noise from the crowd. The crowd was still going bananas, especially before lunch with the Vuvuzelas down yeah. here with the students. That was yeah. as loud as it's been, at a, maybe a third or a half full today, the lowest attendance by some margin. But because yeah. those students were in, they were going wild, and, and good on them for it that they came here with all that enthusiasm. And yeah. again, it's a reminder that for the longest time they couldn't attend Test cricket, and now they'll get sucked into the game in, in their own way, and, and and they'll be part of the next generation of Pakistan cricket, and that's just wonderful. And there were crowds of grown men sort of pindy boys I guess down yeah. here with their their trumpets and they were all jump moshing up and down and it was like you've got two blokes out in the middle on hundreds you know you're none for 250 I guess that's good but the level of excitement I couldn't really understand how they were generating it but I was impressed by it I still I still enjoyed you know the vibe I like your use of pindy boys there we learned a bit of the bit at, that at dinner last mm-hmm. night that's maybe a conversation for another time but mm. yes there were plenty of them in today and the, the hosts here were just amazing even down to the jacket I'm wearing right now which the scorer the official scorer gifted me it's uh, if you're not watching on YouTube it's the domestic cricket Pakistan jacket it's a little sort of 80 style zip up mm-hmm. jobby it's sensational I'll yeah, be wearing it everywhere flying stripes yes, um, down, down yes. the bottom sort of on the on the cuffs the elasticated waist you know you know the style absolutely so yeah that, that again it's every day of this uh, test match we've been overwhelmed by the generosity of the people here so uh, in a way I leave with a heavy heart I wish we could stay for a bit longer but uh, off to Karachi we go en route to that we've got a hall of fame to deal with first mm-hmm. Jeff uh, there are a couple of obvious nominations I'll take uh, I'll take forward alarm please okay uh, thanks for coming didn't get a hit on the best track ever in terms of making bulk runs <laughs> in Either innings was he called upon. Of course, they elevated Muhammad Rizwan and Iftika Ahmed ahead of him uh, in the first dig. Of course, he didn't get a bowl, although he is a part-time spinner. He yep. might have got a bowl, and he dropped a catch in the gully. That's it. Can we have your match fees and make sure you bring your afternoon oh, seat? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The uh, the Jody Hicks of Pakistan. Yes. Fahad Alam, thanks for coming. Um, see you later. <laughs> Thelma McKenzie, if you will. If you've, <laughs> if you've been listening to the sh- to the deep cuts of the show, you'll get that reference. Um, Usman Khawaja getting a bowl at the end. That was... Look, I mean, it wasn't... Uh, it didn't take a genius to figure out that would be a good idea, but it was still a good alert move from Pat Cummins to say, well, we know we're shaking hands in a minute. Give Usman a bowl in front of his sort of notional home crowd, yep. his, his his other home crowd, his second home crowd, and they were happy to see him. Uh, as far as wickets go... They were he, chanting his name. Yeah. It was brilliant. I loved it at the end. I mean, imagine he took a wicket there. We, we didn't get to have that moment where how would have the crowd responded to him posting three figures. Mm. I suspect it would have been raucous applause and, and all the rest of it. But, yeah, they loved it when he got a bowl. And I loved that Usman was warming up for about 10 minutes before, just signalling <laughs> to Cummins, I'm ready to serve if selected. <laughs> um, so, as far 
far as bowling goes, he took two wickets for Australia's under-19s against India, um, which must have been, what, about 15 years ago? And the rest. Um, And he took one wicket in first-class cricket against South Australia in 2010-11. That's it. That's the only wicket he's ever taken at in top flat cricket in any format. And he's played a fair bit of T20s and hasn't been called upon there. So the, only, the only bowler who wasn't called upon was David Warner. The last time Australia used nine bowlers, this is from Daniel Cherney from Code, it was the 2001 uh, dravid Laxton yeah. partnership. And the one fielder not to bowl in that innings was Justin Langer. Steve Waugh bowled some overs there. So Justin Langer was the only person who didn't get the ball. I'm sure it's the other way around. I, I know Hayden and I thought Hayden and Langer both bowled, and Steve Waugh had his dodgy back. But it then I've been misled. Yeah. Either way, it, it's been you know two decades yeah. since they've had that kind of situation. So hopefully not again anytime soon. But it was a mm. pleasure to see Usman Khawaja's off breaks for a couple of minutes before they knocked the bales off. Remember in um, in in 2002 EA Sports cricket uh, how you could how the, the bowling mechanism worked with a circle um, that would yes. then shrink to where the ball would land, and the smaller the circle, the, the more accurate the ball because it would give you a, a smaller degree of possible variation and you could pick Matthew Hayden or Justin Langer to bowl in that and their circles were bigger than the pitch <laughs> they, they, they extended beyond both sides of the pitch and Matthew Hayden bowled some real loose leg breaks in, in okay. 2002 EA Sports Cricket and it was pretty similar when he actually was called upon to bowl in Kolkata I think <laughs> Good to know, nice plug for EA Sports Hey Jeff, let's wrap this up, we've got loads of final word coming between now and Karachi uh, we have a, a, a weekly show which of course will be a tribute to Shane Warne that we promised after stumps on day two here. We'll have story time coming out on the weekend before the test match and then we'll be back into our work at Karachi. Cannot wait to be at a ground with seats that are coloured from bay to bay like VFL Park when I was growing Mm -hmm. up. It's going to be an absolute treat. 34,000 capacity. I suspect they'll sell it out. A pitch which should spin. Uh, It's going to have a real energy to it, especially now we go. Where is the blue football from on top of the scoreboard at Gaddafi Stadium? Nobody knows. Well, that's going to be the week after at Gaddafi (laughs) Stadium but look, we'll find it there as well. Who's to no, uh, this has been the final word. Uh, Pakistan Daily, Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon, thank you for all of your comments and uh, and sharing of the podcast and all the rest of it. We very much appreciate that. If you're not watching on YouTube, we're doing this in cinematic mode today and we're on the roof of the stadium, a gorgeous backdrop with the sun setting to my left and, of course, this beautiful jacket that I'm wearing. So seek it out. Uh, and, yes, can't wait to do it all again on Saturday. Until then, good night from Rural Pindi with a couple of Pindi boys, Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon. Hasta la vista, baby. I had to go about it, write it out